Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 15th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I am uh, I'm swell. You know, this is a uh, delightful day. It's uh, U.S. Open Eve. It's 72 and sunny in Boston. I can't, I can't think of a much better day than today. We are in Boston proper. This is uh, the big time for us. This is like making it through like local and final qualifying i don't know about final i feel like we just got through local okay well yeah. we are uh, <laughs> at, at like an official kind of staging area we were you know yesterday it kind of feels like we hopped the fence yeah absolutely <laughs> at the precision pro house yesterday we filmed at our countertop height like in this you know table at, at the at the kitchen and people were saying your feet weren't touching the ground. And here we're like set up behind this official USGA dais and, you know, your feet, you can hide your sort of. Well, I got an adjustable chair. Yeah, so there I can you go. go. Up so and you're down able and, to get, you know, I can be a little bit lower. This to the is ground a real stage. We're at the uh, High, Street Police, High Street Place Food Hall. It's in downtown Boston. It's the site of the USGA's 19th hole uh, for the rest of the week through Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. They have podcasts. We're kind of the leadoff hitters here. I know there are other maybe more substantial podcasts coming in behind us. But if you're in Boston or you're at the U.S. Open, you want to go downtown, there's a Celtics game tomorrow night, a, a game six of the finals. So it'll be probably pretty cool to be downtown if you want to come to the 19th hole and then just hang out after the golf. Uh, so thanks to the USGA for having us. Also, the uh, U.S. Open starts tomorrow. That'll be on Peacock at 6.45 a.m. It's like the rare coffee golf that's like Eastern Time United States, obviously through the rest of the United States. It's not just European coffee golf. 6.45 a.m., it'll be on Peacock. So, and that's all day on USA and a bunch of different places. So, Yeah, get thanks. up. You know, turn it on, stream. Uh, it's then it's on USA and Golf Channel after that. So it should be a great tournament, and uh, the Country Club's going to be a great host. Hey, Brendan, speaking of leadoff hitting, who, who do you think the best leadoff hitter is on, on uh, PGA Tour? Uh, that's a good question. Or the U.S. Open, in the U.S. Open. I mean, Mark Leishman's a good option, right, at all times, kind of getting the ball in play. I, I feel like he's a little bit too lumbering. Puts the ball, puts the ball, oh, well, it doesn't matter about speed. It's more about contact. That, putting the bat on the ball, I right? like Abe Answer. Oh, you like guy. an Abe Answer guy? I kind of like Abe Answer this week. But didn't did you just say he has to run? Yeah. We've well, seen Answer's running style, right? He's and, fast. And, he's quick. Uh, on that rain delay when he kind of did that at Zurich? Okay. All right. That's fine. He does have that stout, like, shortstop kind of build. So, um, you like him this week? Why do you like Abe Answer? I, he's super accurate. Um, like, he's a good driver of the golf ball because he's accurate and he's fairly long. He hits that, like, knuckler, and the way those fairways are, they're super fast. So, I, I think he's going to get a little bit more out of his, uh, out of his driver this week. And he's just steady Eddie. I, right. I, I like Abe Answer. He's been in the moment in majors. 
You get Abe answer. You it's come all the way horse. to downtown Boston. You get a little Abe answer. Yeah, chat that's what we want to leave with. I like it. With everything uh, going in golf, Abe answer is not getting enough run. All right, we talked about the USGA at the top. The day I'd say was not dominated, but the highlight of the day was the USGA annual press conference. Right, that you get at, at the uh, U.S. Open, They're the national championship. They had Stu Francis, Mike Wan, the uh, new is it president. Is that the term? I don't know, CEO, president. Uh, and then John Bodenhamer, the chief championships uh, officer. So there was a range of topics, right? Uh, what'd you make? There was distance. There was course setup. There was, you know, the instant championship this week that we have to address. Uh, there was obviously live golf versus the PGA Tour and where the USGA falls and all that. That was a constant discussion. Uh, and they weren't trying to pretend that it didn't exist. I thought that was, you know, not endearing, but, you know, it was nice to see somebody acknowledge the reality of, of what's happening in the game. Uh, what did you make of their press conference? Because that's the big one on Wednesday. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I, um, you know, I think the direction they're heading, you know, with, with the U.S. Open is, uh, and just really with all their championships is, you know, they're they're trying to, I think, with setup, the course is, is, and the setup isn't supposed to be the story. I think they've kind of dropped where, you know, it's, it's this championship where you come and, you know, it's really, uh, they never said it, but a championship against par. And I think that era is kind of gone and it's more focused on setting up the best test. And I think, you Would know. Would you say that era was on set by John Bodenhamer's arrival or just kind of recent four or five years? It's just a different change. I kind of feel like since Shinnecock. Uh, it has been a, a distinct change in, in, in kind of the mentality of the setup of the U.S. Open. So that's obviously one thing. I think it was... Zach uh, Johnson put his thumb on the scale. Is that what you're saying? We changed the eras, Zach Johnson? Maybe, might have been Zach Johnson. Right. Could have been, you know, could have been a lot of people. Could have been Do you Phil. like that? Could have been you, Phil. Do you like this approach? Um, not I, setting it up necessarily for par? I think I do. Um, you know, it's hard. You you can always. It's so easy to be the uh, the person that critiques setup versus the person that does setup because it's so easy for a golf course to go from you know just right to a little bit over over the top. And especially when you're playing these old courses, like you know the greens at the Country Club are extremely severe. Uh, there is a ton of break in them, so you can have a pin that you move it six inches one way and it goes from perfect to being over the top. So I think, you know, it's, it's easy to critique and, you know, I'll probably have my critiques this week, but, <laughs> but it, it, it's much harder to set up. And in terms of, I think they've got, you know, the perfect weather for what they want, you know, the, the low humidity and um, it looks like the rain might miss on Friday. So that lets them have a lot of freedom. I think this is kind of a dream week for them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a golf course that isn't easy to set up because there isn't a lot of track record. This is not Pebble Beach. This is not Torrey Pines. The tour goes through every year, uh, granted at different times. This is a golf course that we haven't seen really in major championship or any, you know, in, in a major championship since 1988 and since, a, you know, professional golf since 99 in the Ryder Cup. So a lot's changed. And obviously 2013, so much in golf has changed since 2013. So, yeah, I, I'd say walking around the first couple of days, you you really do appreciate sort of the the edge they have to walk, right? Between really pissing off the players with something that's, not unintentional right and 
the critics, right? The, the, or, or their past, right? Even the, their reputation past from whether it's the 70s, 80s, uh, prior presidents, prior setup heads. Like, they're also sort of walking the edge between, I don't know, the weight of their past or what they're supposed to uphold or be versus, like, the modern player, as you talked about last night with the, with the platform and a Twitter, Twitter feed. And, 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 you, and they're, they're not going to, you know, TPC in attack. They're going to places that um, have a lot of slope, have a lot of undulation, places where like the edge exists. Like it's not there is there is an edge, whereas a lot of courses maybe don't even have an edge. You think of greens like what is it eight? You think of greens like twelve? They're small to begin with. It's it's a really kind of fine line they have to walk, and they know there are critics and potential um, I don't know issues on both sides. So it's it's certainly created a new appreciation for me every time you kind of walk out there and obviously we played it a little bit too yeah i think i think the thing that every golfer can relate to is you're always looking for an excuse other than yourself and uh professional golfers are maybe the the most uh guilty of this of this they they never believe that they're they're to blame and i think as a as viewers with the u.s open and in the you know kind of the historic um identity one of the things is like what happens a lot of times is somebody goes out and they make like six birdies and you're like wait is the course not hard and it's like well yeah. no that guy's just playing really good golf you <laughs> know sometimes yeah and i think that's the thing is um and we saw that happen at southern hills too yeah. i mean just a month ago where you know there were 65s in the first morning wave and then like the playoff score was basically that score too so you can kind of that the public pressure can overreact to like 18 holes or four hours of the championship. So. What do you think about their response to uh, live? live? Obviously, that's the <laughs> the dominant story in golf. It is as it's you know I saw Stephen A. Smith was commenting <laughs> on it this, this morning. So. Stephen A. talking about the PGA as if they run <laughs> the uh, they run, the PGA of America is running the FedEx Cup and things like that. Uh, but it it is penetrating certainly that the larger sports consciousness. I thought it was. USGA's response was not nothing, right? I mean, they, it wasn't completely punting or demurring on the issue. Juan, Mike Juan seemed to suggest live is not great for the game right now. It's not great for its future, maybe, fracturing it. They scoffed at the notion that live is arguing that golf is like not growing or in a bad play, like it's never been stronger. They have the stats to kind of, they had the stats to back that up. Um, there was a, a succinct response to a hypothetical about it being harder to get in the U.S. Open uh, if you were from a different tour. And he said he said he could foresee that. He said it that it won't it, it will be in fact. No, he didn't say that. He could foresee a situation in which it could be harder to get in the U.S. Open if you were part of I don't know not getting OWGR points or something like that. So I thought their response was not nothing. I thought it was shaded more uh, positively towards the status quo. They weren't punting on like just whatever happens, happens kind of. I, th- I mean, I, th- I think it's an admirable, admirable position they took in the sense of, in the similar with the distance uh, insights report, with the, which they addressed too, is that they, they're um, exercising patience, which given the, you know, everything that's moving around, 
and their position and and you know we host a championship we govern the game is kind of letting the chips fall before you make a make a decision and i think that's probably a smart thing because you know who knows what's going to happen tomorrow with live and who knows what's going to happen next week with live and it'd be i think it'd be kind of short-sighted to come out and say something you know that was you know extremely on a certain side yeah and i think they reaffirmed like they couldn't do anything for this week and that was smart and like people qualified they qualified they got in via their criteria and that just made sense so i thought they came off pretty well and and that they addressed it right they didn't just say they didn't just punt on everything i mean everything could get turned on its head if fran quinn uh commits tomorrow so fran quinn (laughs) changes the dynamic of the the u.s open if he commits you think they say like if you if you commit once play is started they throw the hometown boy out is that what you're suggesting yeah like keegan said uh, everything's a little bit tougher being a northeast oh yeah yeah (laughs) Keegan's quote today, you have to work twice as hard coming out of the blue collar of Boston. I, it was, it was a, that was an amusing quote. I, I enjoyed that one. The plight of Keegan Bradley. <laughs> uh, Hopkinton, out there in the mean streets of Hopkinton. Um, all right, anything else from those guys? They, they went for about an hour and took, took all the questions. I thought one notable thing, and they talked about it, and I'm not just saying this because we're here with the USGA, but the like national team thing... I thought you were you were like, eh, what's that all about? One thing I noticed like in studying or I'm sorry, like reporting on like the amateur events and stuff, uh, and talking to Mari Avery who just like was a stud at the, the Curtis Cup, her family I was like, Why don't you see more like diversity in youth golf, women's golf? There's like all these other teams and women's all these other countries in women's golf, Korea and everything, they have like national federations that are really building up these national team programs. And I thought uh, they, Steve Francis was like he had met a girl that won a U.S. Girls Junior and now she's caddying because she couldn't necessarily afford to, you know, harness that talent or even have the opportunity. So I thought that was like a notable thing. They're starting basically a national program um, that a lot every other country has and the United States hasn't had. So I thought that was a notable thing from the from the press conference. Well, you think about the uh, the cost of uh, the tour players always talk about like, oh, we're going to play a tour event and, you know, I incurred a lot of costs and I might not make the cut. Junior golf events where you have a three-day event or a four-day event, yeah. you're basically doing the same thing, but there's no prize money and you, you just don't have to pay for a caddy. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. It, it, it's the, effectively the same cost, All really. Right, let's get back to the U.S. Open. Uh, we've now done two full days. We've played it media day. Uh, do you have any like viewing guide tips? Like we're, we're here with people that are in the area that may most likely be going over the next three, four days. Uh, if you're on the ground uh, or if you're watching from TV, watching on TV, uh, are there holes you want to pay attention to? Are there spots you want to visit and vantage points you want to take care of? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I, I mean, uh, we'll start, I think, on the ground. If you're, if you're attending the tournament, uh, the, the thing I would, I would, you know, you kind of have to, I think, decide, do I want to watch one group play? I think one of the cool things is watching a group play. Um, if you do that, I always say don't pick the big big group. Watch you know, somebody that you're interested in that's not a big group, and then you're going to have a much easier time falling around, especially if you go early in the morning or late in the afternoon. You know, golf crowds in, in most tournaments, you know, major championships included, your, your peak time is from 10 till 2 p.m. That's when it's going to be packed anywhere you go. 
But then, you know, as you get later in the afternoon or earlier in the morning, it kind of dies out and it, it gets a little bit easier to move around. So, but if you're going to stay in a spot, the country club's super unique because it has a ton of blindness. It's something that, like, caddies are, are going to struggle with. They usually have pictures in their yardage book that, like, show trees and where they are in relation to things. The USGA, I, I applaud this. Said no picture books. We're going. We're go, going just diagrams. You got to do the work. So one of the things, that, but for a spectator, that makes it tough because you could get into spots where you're not going to be able to see. So what's super important at the country club is finding high points in spots that you can see. I always say multiple shots. Right. So if you you know the most dramatic part of the property is right on the front nine at two green fifth. The second green, the fifth green, and the sixth tee are all in a real hub of activity. There's a there's a free um, grandstand right there. That's a great spot to watch golf. But anywhere along that ridge, you're going to be able to see a ton of golf co- shots on three, four, five, six, um, and two. And that those are all really great golf holes to watch. Um, and then you know on the back nine, obviously. Everybody's probably heard about the 11th hole, the short par three that's going to be in the rotation or in the in the routing for the first time since 1913. That is a really cool hole, really fun hole to watch because you're going to see action. You're going to see potential hole in ones. You're going to see birdies. You're going to also see carnage when people miss the green there. But if you go on 12 fairway, kind of overlooks it, and the tee shot's up high. So you can see the tee shot. You can see the green. And you can see tee shots up 12 and, and second shots into 12. That'd be my spot uh, on the back nine. Yeah, I, I, I stood there for a while yesterday watching Phil and, and Rom and a bunch of obnoxious fans yell stuff at, at, at Phil. I shouldn't insult the fans here, but uh, every, green, they're, 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 they're green that too. way everywhere. I was going to say grandstand behind eight green is a good spot because if you're at the top, I think you can look down on 15T, see them play out 15 you can see them hit off nine. You probably can't see like necessarily where it's going, but you can see them at least tee off. And eight green is going to be maybe the most fun green to watch. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot. Of, it's, I mean, they're probably going to be coming in in two, a lot of them. So they'll be not landing on. They'll have to chip or flop or come out of the rough on a green that if you land on the back half, that's the only place you can land it. If it's on the front half, it's going 60 yards down the front of the hill. Uh, I would say eight grandstand and obviously eight green on TV is going to be really, really interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, if you like watching the ball roll and the dramatics of like, is it going to make it over the false front and, and not roll 65 yards down a hill? That's your spot, you know, and it, you could see some <laughs> ping pong there where, you know, you, you get a guy who hits it over the green and you got this really delicate uh, flop out of thick rough that you don't want to leave in the rough, but if you catch just a little bit too much ball, it's going 65 yards down. The, that, that, that hole is going to be really, really fun to watch. That feels like not only one that we will all be watching, but one that they will be watching closely as well to make sure it is it, it, you know the, the reins are on that one. Uh, yeah. So yeah. A8 will be really exciting. Where do you feel generally about the course right now after two and a half days? Do you think they're going to let it let it go. Just kind of keep it how exactly how it is. The players, I don't think I've seen seen any real like complaints. Like sometimes you get to these U.S. Opens or majors in general, and these players do try to put their thumb on the scale. Right? They say, I don't know about that hole. I don't know about that tee or that green. Like they try to 
I don't know. If, I don't know influence, but at least pre-complain, right? I don't think we've heard that that much this week. Uh, where do you feel about how it is right now? Yeah, I I really like the golf course uh, in the sense, and and especially the I like some of the setup stuff that they've done. The blindness, like I think you, this is a place that. You know, we've seen tour players revert into this. I play nine holes Monday. I play nine holes Tuesday. I play the front nine and the back nine. That's really all I have to do. I think this is a golf course that you need to kind of see. Um, so, you know, guys that played the 2013 AM or guys that came in and did work or played a little bit more golf than you usually do because of the blindness, but then also the way they manage the rough. Like, I'm super impressed. There are pockets of really, really bad stuff that you do not want to go. And, and a lot of them are in bailout areas where people are trying to, you know, either get a big reward for taking something on and that would be a spot a ball would gather or they're trying to avoid something that they don't want to take on. Um, and in those areas, you have some really thick stuff. But then in other areas, there's just super manageable rough, like where you're going to see guys take on shots that they wouldn't normally in a U.S. Open with just thick uniform rough because... They're going to be able to say, oh, I think I can pull this shot off. And you're hitting into these super severe greens, and it could get you, you could see spectacular recovery shots, but you could also see some carnage from that. Uh, any other observations from today? Uh, I, I saw a couple players I probably wouldn't take in a pool, maybe. Uh, uh, Laird Shepard seemed to be fighting that. <laughs> Not that I, he's a hot pick. <laughs> uh, but he was hitting wedges. You don't, you don't like him for low ham? He was hitting wedges off a tee. On the range because he's kind of struggling with the dirt, a little chunky. Uh, there, hit, there's we, two types of sounds, you know. Like there, there's there that. Was, it like, was horrifying walking the range. There's that spectacular sound, like that spectacular impact sound that like a lot of the world class players have. That like they hit the ball and you just like immediately rubberneck to see who that was. And then there's also like at the, at the PGA, maybe the more shocking sound at a, at a major championship is just the sound of sod with a muffled club face and and that's what we got got a little taste of on the range this morning a few times yeah and then uh patrick rogers had everything but the pool noodle out there <laughs> uh you know the, the, one of those like little you know kickballs my kids use in the backyard between the arms and the alignment sticks Going this way. and all that. that doesn't mean he's necessarily playing bad. It was just a little alarming on Wednesday of the U.S. Open. I'll, I'll also throw uh, Charlie Ryder. You know, he's, he's exciting. Oh, yeah. Exciting to watch. Speed speed demon. Crazy speed. Maybe the longest player in the field. But also, it just seems like he, he doesn't have the reins on the speed yet. He's yeah. got like a Lamborghini that's got a couple things wrong. And, okay. You know, he, he can't really control... You know, it'd be like a, putting a 16-year-old that doesn't know how to drive stick in a, oh in a stick car. Well, this is good. We, we get taken three players nobody was considering and told them, like, definitely do not consider. That's, what, that's why we're the, we're the premier gambling uh, podcast yeah, yeah, out there. Yeah, absolutely. If you're putting them in your DFS lineup, you know, think again. Uh, who was your pick last night? Uh, not for the live I, audience. I went, I went out on the ledge. I took a guy that most people oh, aren't oh, considering. God. That's right. I number forgot. one ranked player in the world, Sky Scheffler. I just feel like. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't think people are, uh, are are looking at him enough. You know, he's not getting enough attention. Oh, uh, I took what Xander Shoffley. No, no reason not to take him at the U.S. Open. He's I think been a, top I think, five, top ten since every time these every one he's played since 2017, his rookie year uh, at the U.S. Open, his rookie year. I guess that that kind of provokes another prompts another question. Do you think there's such a thing as like a U.S. Open player? I think we would hear this in like the 80s and 90s with like. 
you know, Curtis Strange, obviously, Andy North, bad to the bone, uh, just because he won to uh, like a Hale Irwin type. Is that like a media narrative? Is that just like a thing we create, or is there like a U.S. Open player? And that does that still exist now? I think if you look at um, all the statistics that of recent winners, it would it would definitely favor power players. Like you got to be a top twenty in the, like the top twenty of distance. Joel Beal uh, asked John Bodenhammer about that today. Like his first question was like, the last six winners have all been like the top whatever ten distance guys. Is that worry you? And he kind of said, no, like that's always been an advantage. It's not surprising. But yeah, I mean, the, well, you look at it and the Open Championship is really kind of any type of player I feel like can thrive at an Open. And part of that is weather conditions. But at the U.S. Open, I think thick rough probably has a lot to do with, with the speed. And if you look at the one guy that kind of is a, a little bit of an outlier, although he's not short, like Jordan Spieth's the outlier. He won at Chambers Bay, which is like the most non-traditional yeah, U.S. Open course that different. we've ever seen. Yeah. So I would say, like, if you you know, if you say, "Oh, Jordan Spieth won," it's like you know, and then you go all the way back, like you go a long way until you find a non-power player that's won. What? Speaking of speed, what do you expect from uh, the thick boy, Bryson, uh, this week? We we've seen him. You might have walked with him. I did bit. walk. You with interacted him. with him. I got some design design. No, he had some from. design. <laughs> he had some architecture. Got some thoughts. commentary commentary about how I mean, uh, he was humoring you. You were humoring him. Something or the other. Like, yeah. yeah. What do you think of him? I, uh, I mean, I uh, I I could only chuckle when you know he uh, he was mesmerized by the chocolate drops at at the country club and said he'd never seen a design feature like that before <laughs> in his life and that it was one of the most innovative designs that he's ever seen on a golf course and it's so cool and i just thought no, to he myself, said this after you had already talked about it and so he was kind of <laughs> well piggybacking. I, I thought of, i thought to myself what an innovative new design feature that mostly came because you know people picked up rocks and put them in a pile <laughs> and grass grew over them in the in the early 1900s yeah so you know but uh i, I don't know i don't i think his headspace <laughs> There's a lot of distraction. I can't imagine playing good golf when you've got as much stuff going on as Bryson has going on. You know, as he likes to say, both on and off the golf course. Yeah, right, right. He's he. I don't expect much from him. I don't think we're going to see. I mean, that, he has that wing He's foot barely playbook played. Work either, right? His wing foot playbook doesn't work necessarily here. But a lot of people are. Only that. time will tell. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out on a ledge because right. you know world class players surprise you all the time. Yeah. But it, he hasn't made a cut all year legitimately has not made a cut that's sort of like a that's, that's like a workaround like you know well, so, he, so hasn't won a continental he, united states he like finished I 23rd what. in a 30 person field in kapalua no cut and he and he i think he finished last in his pool at wgc austin oh, those okay, are his only okay. registered finishes this year someone was talking about how it's been like 12 months and like didn't count bmw because there was no cut and he was like basically went to like five playoff holes. But right, you're right. He hasn't made a cut this year. Uh, hasn't played a lot. But uh, well, you know, he was in the Caves Valley. You might yeah. have just not seen him because That's he was sure. in that deep valley. Should we take some listener questions? Yeah, uh, we we have some from Twitter, and then we have some people uh, in real life here at the High Street Place Food Hall in downtown Boston. I'll take one from. Uh, uh, the applause. That's that's a different wrinkle for us. Um, yeah. Uh, let's take one from Twitter first. Will computer-generated 
Golden Francis We May, We Met, make an appearance on the telecast. Do you think I, they continue with this sort of elevated or augmented reality trend that we've seen? I think they should go silver since their trophy's silver. That's um, I I could not get any. I I'm not. I could not be any more in on computer generated caricatures of of people. They've given us I would a lot. Love, you know, we met could just like hop out of this house. He could be drinking coffee, like pop over, yeah, across the street, and uh, and be out on the golf course. He could uh, he could do all kinds of things. There's uh, this is a short question from John Coyle. Should Billy Boy change his name to Paul Revere for the week? And the answer is yes. And we don't need to talk about it anymore. This just makes too much sense. Riding through the streets, ringing the bell. There's a bar that we passed on like Hanover Street called the Bell in Hand. And I was like, that's like Billy's hospitality for the week. If, if he wins, like we're all going there celebrating on Sunday night. Uh, yeah, we, that, we were watching, that is yes. We were watching Golf Channel last night live from, and I, I can't remember what they were. It might have been Liv that they were talking about, but yeah. they were like players they, reacting, and they kicked it immediately <laughs> to Billy Horschel, who had like a two-and-a-half-minute monologue on the it topic. It was like three minutes. It, they let it him go. It was great. It was, it was terrific. I mean, he, he was... Uh, he gave everybody all of his thoughts on the, to- on, the, on the topic, which I appreciate. I appreciate the candidness. Anytime they say, I spoke to a handful of PGA Tour players here about this issue. Like you have, and Billy's in the field. You have to know he's coming in the carousel. It's, it's almost always the lead, too. That's the yeah. thing that's amazing. Since this is a gambling podcast, this is from Reek Official, Ricci Official. Since this is a gambling podcast, what's the line on Thorbjornsson versus Thorbjorn Olesson? I, I wish the USGA would have gotten cheeky and put them uh, together. They should have put them together. That, that was a miss. Yeah. Because he would have been felt like he was playing his father. That's a, real, that's a real guy, a real pro who won on the European DP World Tour this year versus pretty stud amateur. That's I mean, not a bad there, question. There are a lot of we uh, met parallels uh, with Thor Bjornsson. I mean, I think he's probably, if you, uh, the most exciting am, the the person with the highest, uh, you know, highest expectations of any amateur in the yeah. world right now. Yep. Um, he's been dominant at times. So, you know, I don't think it's crazy. You, I don't want to heap uh, expectations on a... Twenty-year-old kid, but I don't think it's crazy to think that he could actually play quite well and contend. There's a lot of pressure, obviously, for him to just get here, uh, being a hometown kid, and uh, and you know, you, anytime there's an event at a course that you know well, or like a you know at his level in your hometown, there's way more pressure to get into that that's, and play well. That's been a catnip call of the uh, week. Too. Oh yeah, Thorpe Jorgensen. We met parallels, right? Let I might go play. out and try and meet Thorbjorn. Yeah, meet Thor the, pop, meet the father. Yeah. Uh, does anyone in the crowd have a question for a, a giveaway? There we go. You just say it to us, and I'll repeat it in the mic. He's forgot his question. That's fine. That's of a piece. What's your question over here? The best major trophy, because uh, the U.S. Open trophy is sitting right in front of us on the table. That's a tough. That's a tough question. I mean, You're are, asking I mean, the hard like, questions. Are we? You know, right, I'm going Wanamaker. You're. I just like the size of it. I, you're I like disrespecting a big, present company here. I'm not trying to disrespect it. I'm being too. honest. All right, I like the big Wanamaker. The Wanamaker is a husky boy. That's. Uh, I like how people like sometimes struggle to lift it up. 
I mean, it's a claret jug, right? I mean, let's claret not, jug's sick. Let's not go. They're crazy. all great. They're all very good. They're all. I very mean, good. is the green jacket a trophy? Do no, you count? No, no, it's garment. The, it's, it's the a like, garment. Yeah. It's not a trophy. Um, of the majors, is a challenger a trophy? No, the of trophies writ large, it's probably the propeller at that Wichita. Yeah, the, Air the Capital Classic. Tour. Yeah, that would be probably the best one. All right, what's the question right here? Okay. Better squirrel-based logo, U.S. Open logo, which I, mean, I assume the universal, uh, the universe is Oakmont and the Country Club. And then what's the underappreciated or underrepresented animal? Underrepresented animal <laughs> for U.S. Open logos. So we're getting into the well, animal I'm, I'm, diversity here. I'm going to say the uh, Country Club squirrel's better. It looks more realistic. That's fair. I like the, the contouring on the drawing of the squirrel. <laughs> It looks like a real squirrel. Shackelford, you know, and this is Shackelford's sort of uh, beat. He was hollering about things in the media center, throwing his hands to and fro. Yes, he said he hadn't seen a squirrel on the property the whole time. So, you know, they got the squirrel logo. I haven't seen a squirrel at Oakmont either. He's, so we need to keep an eye out for that. Is this like a well, sort of mirage just to I, sell You know what, a question I've asked? Like, I don't think, I think squirrels exist everywhere. I've never been a place in my life that squirrels that don't exist. That cannot be a true statement. There have to be climates where squirrels don't exist. Um, I don't know. I, I asked somebody from Australia, are there squirrels in Australia? They're like, yeah. Are there underrepresented animals? I would say a yes. bear for like a California-based, like Pebble Beach would never do away with the, the tree, whatever, the lone. Does it type. have to be U.S. Open? Can the animal just be underrepresented in general? Okay. I mean, the greatest animal that there is is a hippo. Yeah, you're a hippo. You're and a hippo appreciator. So generally, there should be many things with the hippo because it's the greatest animal. Are you know? USGA officials still here, like wondering why, the, why we're here talking about this? Um, all right, next question. Here we go. Oh, there are turkeys. Yes, we've seen there are turkeys out there. There are. I don't know if there are squirrels yet, but there are wild turkeys out there. Where do around. where do people hunt for a, turkeys? Like, where, what's the jurisdiction on hunting turkeys? That's a bad I've look wondered. for doers. The the brand sponsor because you have wild turkeys out there running around they're maybe they're trying to that's ambush marketing right because doers is like the partner of the usga and you got wild turkeys running around all right next question oh oh okay no go ahead you're fine go ahead yep yep man you're trying to yeah all right well st so andrews the in new york's the, the worst one so Let me repeat the question for the for it's recording. A, it's the question is what's the best founding five club to host a U.S. Open? Which um, ex- which Shinnecock, which uh, the country Chicago club, golf, right? Chicago the- golf. You're trying to pit my own hometown. You're trying to you know that's that's. I'm just gonna say Shinnecock because I think Shinnecock's the best U.S. Open course there is. It's one of the, yeah. It's one of I, those two. I, I'm gonna say Chicago golf second just because it's my hometown. But the Chicago I'm, I'm golf very host, biased. I will admit my bias. Has Chicago golf hosted the U.S. Open? Way they back hosted the one way back. Way back. Okay. They hosted right. the you know the famous 1912 USAM where Chick <laughs> Evans was Chick running Evans, down uh, He he lost to Jerry Traverse I think and he was so upset that he didn't go to the party afterwards and instead uh, drank 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 himself down the street looking for a for his own party. All right, we got another question. A couple more. <laughs> well, yeah, are you from Australia? All right. So, oh uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming. We have a question from Australia, so I think he's allowed to take a shot here. How did Lucas Herbert fare in the wind on Friday with his big ears? Will he be blown well, away? I'll tell you something. One of the best uh, wind tricks that I've learned 
is that, uh, you know, sailors, the way they judge the wind is you turn, and when you hear the wind equally in each ear, that's the exact direction of the wind. So Uh if you've got good ears... Maybe that helps. Maybe that As helps. Maybe you're a better wind player if you got a good set of years. I followed a little Lucas Herbert this week. He looks good. Really? He's playing by himself. You're, you're on the Lucas Herbert No, beat? I don't know about that. All right. Uh, two more. We got two more. Go ahead. What's up? Yeah, go ahead. In the white. Yeah. Uh, Offline. We're online. Best golf story from my time at BC. That will be an offline question. I didn't really play golf. Either. I was... Uh, Maybe on the golden tea machine in the bar. It was about the only golf that I played uh, at BC. One more in the red hat there. Ooh. Oh. Their question is, they're going to start setting these. Andy said they're going to start setting these up like the PGA. Does that mean the U.S. Open has an identity crisis? I don't think they do because they've, they, in a way, they had two identities always. They were like the most open, the one that anybody could go sign up and qualify for, and they were the toughest test in golf. Yeah. So in a way, you know, if you have two ide- identities, you have one. And if they drop one, then they have an identity. That's fair. That's, oh, you pulled that together pretty quickly. I don't know where you're going with that. That worked out. All right, any more? That's it. All right, here in the vest. One more. What's up? What would my, oh, without saying, my advice be for Jay Monahan? Uh, honestly, he's probably collected a good salary the last few years. I would get the hell out of Dodge and go live and do something else. Not LIV live, but live L-I-V-E live his life I mean that would be my advice it's like I wouldn't want that right I mean I never understand these people I mean I guess maybe that's why I don't get along with get the full uh, notion of going to live to make an extra whatever to add it like an eighth house but like seems like he's probably made enough to not want to deal with the agita that's my advice do you have other advice like real advice for Um, him Andy you know, I may, might just chill out on, like, the banning stuff until, like, I knew I could ban players. Um, that'd be one, one piece of advice. And, okay. Uh, okay. you know, I might, uh, I don't know. I might just, right. l- I might look inside and say, why are people doing this? You know, okay. why is this even feasible? Okay. This, this hasn't happened in any other sports leagues. Maybe what, what's allowed us this to happen? Definitely the topic of the topic of the week, which I think it will go away for these next four days, and then we'll come back with a fury on like monday or tuesday as the portland thing ramps up another question we have giveaways so i'm going to keep taking questions so you guys can take some of this stuff is this uh, a canadian fan are you from canada for a guy who hits a lot of fairies <laughs> and greens like Corey connor's chipping what's a bigger problem distance off the tee or putting is that what you're saying okay well you have an answer for that i think chipping there i mean there's just delicate chips out there right and so he's so good but the greens are so small that even the best players are going to miss greens that makes sense yeah so then it becomes like you got to have some scrambling skills and i don't think he necessarily has the requisite scram he played really well in that usam though you know i think it fits his game really well and i wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top 10 but usually like little things hold you back when you don't win and you're in the mix right yeah that and you know chunking it on the range and wedges that that will hold you back. and wedges off a tee (laughs) tough scene so you don't can't stop digging into God, the turf. We just, just All right, that'll be it. I think that's it. Thank you guys uh, for coming. We're going to do a little trivia offline here. Uh, really appreciate the USJ having us out to the High Street Place Food Hall. Come down here if you're in Boston for the next couple nights, uh, the 19th hole. Uh, and uh, we'll be uh, watching the US Open. Peacock tomorrow. We'll be out there uh, Th- on the site. Go ahead. You say Thank you uh, for the expert audio. Yeah. Stop. There was, you know. uh, there was quite a... 
heart attack at the beginning. I, I right, think everybody you. can agree we would have no chance of getting this set up without it. So. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Thursday night, after the first round.